Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Secret Artists Podcast. I'm your host, Annie McGrath, and this week I am joined by the fantastic Alistair Green. You probably know him as the funniest man on Twitter. He's at Mr. Alistair Green on Twitter and Instagram, where he does his amazing, hilarious sketches. And he and I had a lovely chat whilst talking about all things art and painting a crocodile. So I hope you enjoy the episode. It's the final one of series three. So give us a nice review if you've enjoyed it. And remember, you can see mine and Al's artworks on social media at Secret Art Pod. Bye for now. Alistair Green is a comedian best known for his lo-fi viral videos which satirise the worst of human behaviour with recognisable Middle England characters. As an actor, Al has appeared in TV shows such as The Great, This Time with Alan Partridge, Game Face, Flowers, Staff Let's Flats, Buffering, Please Like and lots more. I'm very excited to have Al on the podcast. He has his head in his hands. How are you? Yeah, I was alright. It's just you made me feel sick then. Sorry. Um, no, that's all right. Uh, you sure yeah, it's I'm not okay, the thanks. porridge? Yeah, I'm just eating some porridge. If you should probably <laughs> mention that um, rather than just go straight into something we've discussed prior to the record. <laughs> just not give it any background at all. Um, thanks for doing this. I know you said the condition of you coming on the podcast was only if there's no preparation. And then yeah. I asked you to um, prepare something for us to draw. So sorry about uh, that. Yeah, you did, but that's that's kind of not not too much preparation. You know, Correct. sometimes they go. Sometimes people lie. They go, "Do you want to do my podcast?" And they go, um, "Yeah, no. I'll do it." If there's no preparation, yeah. First of all, I go no, and they go, "Please." They go, "Please." They beg me, please. <laughs> um, and I say, "Is there any preparation?" They go, "No," and then they send me an email going, "Can you just read these thirty-six thousand questions?" Yeah. And write an essay prior to the record. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. What I'm interested to know what you've chosen for us to. Are you drawing or what, what's your medium? Is it porridge? I'm just do, I'm doodling with a biro. Nice. Um, uh, we're going to draw a crocodile. Great. What's yeah. the significance, or is there none? Um, when you said to think of something to draw, it was just the first thing that came into my head. As I say, <laughs> I don't want to give it too much uh, thought. Yeah. I think like a crocodile is, is, is a good animal to draw because it can quite easily come out like a dog or, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not easy because you've got to think about it. And <clears throat> the way to sort of signify a crocodile really is the teeth, a long yeah. snout, and then you're kind of away. I mean, the, 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 the feet are not easy, you know, yeah. they've got these little stubby feet. Have you They're got a picture of one? Or are we going from the mind? No, we'll just go from a, uh, what is your sort of platonic idea of a crocodile in your head? And it, yeah. it'll almost certainly be, um, you know, the, the same one you drew as a child. <laughs> yeah. You know, you drew a crocodile as a child. Everyone yeah. did, right? Yeah. Um, probably at some at some <laughs> point, I, I find it unlikely if someone said to me, "My child has never drawn a crocodile." I'd go psychopath. I don't think that. I think you're lying to me, madam. Yeah. Lock them up yeah. now. All right, I'm a bit nervous <laughs> about this because I I can't remember what don't, crocodiles don't look cheat. like. Don't cheat, or don't cheat, or look one up. No, I'm not going to look one up. Imagine no, I just I had don't. one in the room. Yeah, <laughs> just by chance. <laughs> Posing like Kate Winslet in Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Draw me like your French crocodile. Jack. Just with a paintbrush in between yeah. its jaws. Um, I'm using paint. Do you mind if I eat my porridge while I'm talking? No, to you? I'd want you to. Disruptive. These okay. are the colours of paint I put out. Well, I wasn't oh, anticipating wow. a crocodile, as you can see. 
No, there's no green. So there's oranges, yellows, reds, browns. Lilac, magenta. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting, I didn't know you were this professional. That's all right. I'm not really. Well, you'll see my crocodile soon. Um, Do you consider yourself to be an artist, Al? Have we started drawing? Uh, I've started mixing blue with yellow. I'm not, why am I treating it like a race? Tell me when we're going. Tell me when we're starting. Tell me when we're starting. Don't start. You can't start until we go. 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 Finished. Um, I'm going to take my time, but... Are you going to sort of say when we're kind of halfway through? Because I've got to, it's like ready, steady, cook. I don't want it to get to the end and I've just drawn one foot, you know? Okay, and, yeah, the, yeah. I'll give you like a halfway. By the same token, I don't want to finish it and then just be, you know, I suppose I could just do the scales or whatever they've got. Yeah, you could do a close-up you know, of just one tooth. I, yeah, I could, yeah, I could just really focus on it. Yeah, yeah. Do you consider yourself to be an artist? Nah. <laughs> nah I feel sad, like we've spoken about... Not painting before i think you're a painter secretly um i have done in the past i don't much now i i I have i have done before i used to have the like acrylic paints i actually chucked them all out um when i went through a kind of purge of of throwing things away Um, what else did you throw away most of my most of my possessions i threw (laughs) away or most things that i decided were superfluous to my uh, existence. So I wanted to live in an entirely functional house where I don't have things in my way. I don't like having things in my way. Do you know what I mean? If you're moving around in your house, you'd trip over something or there's like, <laughs> you go, why is that there? I don't need that. So what yeah. do I need? What do you need in a house? I was well, it looks like park. you've got nothing. It looks, and it sounds like an empty room. It's pretty, it's pretty empty. Is I there was, anything in there? Like, there's some alcoves either side of the fireplace here that I recently, uh, some shelves, I yeah. just took them all down because I thought, yeah, I'm never going to read these books. You know, people are delusional. <laughs> They've got like, but you know, there's people, you ever see on Twitter or something like that and someone posts a picture of like a huge bookshelf that covers up a wall. Yeah. And it's like this arty shop with a chair in the front of it and a yeah. ladder that goes mm-hmm. on a bookcase and people go, oh my God, my dream, a room full yeah. of books. That is my nightmare because you'll all never anyone read reads them all. It's Twitter, right? right? <laughs> yeah, and also it's an illusion. The people that love that go, "Oh my god, I'm going to read all these. I'm going to live forever." No, you're not. You'll be lucky if you get through ten of them. The upshot is, um, <laughs> you don't need. You know, you're not going to read all those books. Just keep. You don't need them in your in your house. There are libraries. And if you buy a book, give it away. People hoard books. It's very yeah. sort of culturally, it's a cultural signifier. So people will come around your house and people always have the same books. They've got like a couple of Murakamis. They've got the art book. They've got a couple of photography books, things they leave on the coffee table, all that. No one's impressed with your boring books. No <laughs> one cares. You know, just, I think it's better to not have a lot of things. I'm much happier not having a lot of things. And yeah. I would say to anyone, spend a day, and I mean this, organising your kitchen cupboards, and I mean a day, mm. separate everything, Don't because it's hassle, you've got to look, where's that cumin, where's that, oh, I've got a spatula somewhere, if you have to say that sentence in your house, something has gone very wrong, <laughs> you know, like, where is this, are you kidding me, this is your house, how can you not know, how many things have you got? And yeah. so, so I'm very sort of into this and I'm not sort of saying don't have paintings on the wall or whatever, although I haven't. <laughs> I just think people have too much stuff. I think, um, and I think it's, you know, it becomes a hindrance and an encumbrance in your life when you don't need it. So I'm always yeah. thinking, what's the most functional way um, to live? What do you need? So if you're moving house, what's the most important thing you're going to buy? You're in an empty room. So mm. for me, it's going to be a sofa and then a TV. Those are the two things I do the most. No, and let's some not cumin. dress it up. And some cumin, of course, and a spatula, because yeah. that's the way to administer uh, cumin, as everyone knows. Put the spatula in the little jar. I don't know why they don't make the jar bigger, uh, yeah. because the spatula it should won't be, go in. Or it should be big enough to fit a teaspoon in, because every recipe is done by do teaspoon. You know it's annoying. So you have to take the whole lid off and kind yeah. of put the spoon in. Otherwise, it's... 
you know, like pepper, you pour it out of the little holes. And, and then, then how are you the measuring cumin. that? Yeah, and then yeah. it's all the cumin. Or, or with cumin, if it's the cumin uh, seeds, it's not enough cumin because they don't fit through the holes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up, actually. <laughs> have you read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up? Uh, I, ha- I have, yeah. I, ca- I came to that quite late. I, I read a book called Goodbye Things, which... Um, oh, yeah. You uh, recommended this to me before, actually. I, yeah, I read that. Goodbye Things, and then I read one called Stuff- Stuffification, about having too many things. And, I definitely uh, have too many things. I'm a bit of a hoarder. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, and he goes into a little bit about... Um, about why people hoard things or, or you know, what's the purpose? Like my mum my, my moved house and, they, and it's a very sort of boomer thing that mm. uh, they had to store all this stuff in their garage um, to then sell it. So it's like, so they moved the stuff and then sold it. There's no logic to it at all. So you're paying someone to move this stuff. And then she goes, oh yeah, yeah, because we're going to sell that stuff. Just get rid of it. It's worthless. Yeah. Everyone thinks their possessions are worth money. I can promise you that they're worth nothing. Yeah. Like my mum goes, oh, no, we can't. I go, throw the sofa out. Oh, no, no, no. That's That would be worth a few quid. It'd be worth, what, 30 quid? Someone buying a sofa off eBay? <laughs> a, dog sh- a dog shit old sofa? I think my mum's the opposite because she moved around loads as a child. She lived in like Africa and then Northern Ireland and stuff. And she is so good at, th- she's just constantly throwing stuff away. Like my brother's shoes would just be outside and he, she'd just be getting rid of them. And she, she loves <laughs> throwing stuff away. But I think I like this. Um, I met your mum, didn't I, once? Yeah, you did on a, on a march. Very nice lady. Yeah. How come she moved around a lot as a kid? My granddad was a geologist. So oh, wow. they lived in Nigeria and then uh, went to various different convent schools in Northern Ireland. Uh-huh. So what, he studied rocks? Yeah, I guess so. Um, how's your drawing coming along? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm very pleased with it, actually. And I didn't, I didn't expect to be saying that 10 minutes ago. Oh, great. Um, it's come out much better than I thought. Have you gone for the full body or are you doing a close-up? Um, yes, yeah, full, it's a full-bodied crocodile. Yeah, what about you? I've gone full body. I seem to remember crocodiles have like quite round stomachs, don't they? Have I made that up? Yeah, I don't worry too much about my crocodile's going to have what I give him. Yeah, <laughs> is it him? Is it? Uh, so, yeah, it's a good question. It could be. It could be a woman. Let me just. Uh, let me just. I haven't got to the genitals yet. That's why I'm confused. So I'll just, I'll just wait. I'll just wait until I get there, and then the big reveal. Is it going to be crocodile Massive dick? dick. Or is it? Is it gonna, yeah, it's going to be a dick. <laughs> Funny if your whole painting, your whole drawing is just a scaly dick. Yeah, yeah it's just a massive cock. I have a question for you about, oh, we're being shown a, a crocodile phallus. Oh, my God. What? Imagine we, we hadn't been talking about this, and this is just uh, Stuart looking up <laughs> images. He's <laughs> just accidentally shared screen while he's having a wank. <laughs> it's so fleshy. Yeah, I would like to see a crocodile Wait, penis. Wait, am I looking at the right thing? It's not actually scaly at all, is it? The crocodile phallus is an unpaired organ that is normally hidden inside the longest cloacal slit. It consists of a cone-like process of the anterior. A cone-like process. That's how <laughs> I'm going to describe my dick. The alligator process, has babe. a permanently yeah. erect bungee penis. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, why snakes have two penises and alligators are always erect? That's National Geographic, that's a good source. Snakes have two penises. I read about something the other day, where there's uh, venomous snakes that can swim in the sea. Isn't that the worst thing you can imagine? Sea snakes. Sea snakes, but massive and venomous. And they get really, um, is it coral reef snakes? They um, apparently in mating season, when they're really horny, they mistake divers for other snakes and they would attack you. Yeah, I don't like, I hate things like that. I don't like any animal that has a different kind of, uh, you know, a different sort of physical makeup than us. Like, do you know what I mean? I like the ones that are a bit human. If you ever look at a dog's face, you go, it's kind of like us. It's got ears and nose and mouth. And it's got sort. It's got legs. We've got legs. It's just a quadruped instead of a biped. But a snake is too different. Snake it's too is different. fucked up. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's just a long thing 
Imagine that. Imagine that. On, on Earth right now, there's a. Hey, this is what a snake is a long yeah. thing that can kill you. <laughs> what a world. It's, it's just a, long, a head. It's, a, it's just a long head. It's just a receding head. Like a shark <laughs> is a receding mouth. It's just a mouth with teeth and then it just goes back a bit. Oh, sharks are horrible. Sorry. Yeah, I hate them. I'd be happy for them all to be dead. Would you eat shark meat? No, nah, I don't eat meat, so I wouldn't eat it. You don't also, eat meat? Would no. you eat a 3D printed steak? What's, what's, it, what's it comprised of, a 3D steak? I don't get it. You know when you like 3D print a gun? Yeah. I guess it's like that. I don't know. It's like I don't really get all this stuff. I've no, tried I don't really to get it either. No. It. What I mean is, what is the constituent material of a three D reproduced product? Um, what is ink. it? What am I eating? Yeah, this is what ink. I don't understand because when you well, where's the pro- protein in ink? Where's the where's the nutritional value of ink? So three D bioprinting uses cells instead of ink or plastic to make things. To create the meat, researchers use three D bioprinting and real cow cells. Oh, so that sounds like it's not um, vegetarian. The technology allows them to print living cells that can grow and interact in a vascular-like system, helping nutrients move and resembling real steak. So that sounds to me like it's oh oh it says it is vegan. I guess it's just using the cells, so it's not like killing the animal. Is that right? Right. I guess a strict vegan would say that's still uh, that's still meat. In the same way that they did have this idea, didn't they, that they would rear it um, from a genetically modified cell or whatever. Yeah. You know, you could make you could make a, a, a chicken breast in a lab or whatever. Oh yeah, it says here that you can make it out of pea protein and soya and coconut and stuff right. instead. But I mean, it's the same principle then as, you know, veggie burgers that look like, you know, they, those beetroot burgers or whatever, where you cut them open and it's... And it bleeds. You know, it, looks, it, look, it, it bleeds and it's just beetroot juice. Yeah. yeah it's, that, it's the same principle of like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not angry that I don't eat meat. I don't sit there going, why won't my broccoli bleed? You know <laughs> what I mean? I want some blood on this. No, yeah. I wasn't thinking that going, thank God someone's catered to my needs. That's not what I like about meat, is if anything, it's the opposite. Like I hate the bloodiness. <laughs> yeah, you want to be right. in denial of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what this is. <laughs> eat my delicious bacon. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um I've got a question for you about digital art. So oh. your videos on social media are obviously very successful. I wondered if you'd considered turning any of your tweets into NFTs. I did talk about it with someone recently, and um, I don't understand the process by which it happens. It's something I will look into, but Hmm. I think one of the things with that, it seems, I mean, people talk a lot about cryptocurrencies now being uh, the kind of preserve of millennials or Zoomers even, or, or younger people investing in cryptocurrencies. But, which is half true, but it's also like a lot of other people investing in cryptocurrencies. But mm. NFT seems to be exclusively a currency created by and manufactured by YouTubers and people like that. Mm. Um, so I don't really, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd do it, yeah. yeah. I, would, I would quite happily have an, a, you know, a video as an NFT. So, so what do you understand by what an NFT actually is? I I don't fully understand it, but isn't it when you someone could buy like a meme or something? So they've got the first, I think it's similar to like having a print, like you've bought the original edition of the digital like artwork. Yeah. But Is that what, right? What, but what do we mean by original? Because there's no, what, I mean... It's endlessly reproducible to exactly the same degree. Mm. There's no variation between an original and a copy. It's not like an artwork. It's yeah, that's like a, that's the know. thing I don't understand about it. I don't understand the appeal of having something that can just be totally recreated. It says on here that it's <clears throat> basically a tradable JPEG. So it's essentially, it is a cryptocurrency, essentially. It's, it's, it's you know, investing in a thing Mm. It's investing in in a currency, right? An NFT is a currency. Yeah, non fungible okay. token, whatever that means. 
Right. Whether it is a remarkable piece of digital artwork or a cute digital penguin, NFTs are essentially tradable JPEGs. Unlike physical collectibles, an NFT owner will not be able to display the asset in their home, except on a screen. Yeah, I mean, obviously. But then also, I mean, there's, 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 art, there's artwork. There are a lot of artworks that you cannot own already. There's sound art or there's like... I always mm. think this, if, if, if sort of Bruce Nauman or someone like that has made a, made a piece of video art or Bill Viola or whatever, who, yeah. you, who's going to buy that auction? Who's owning, who's got in their house on their wall or whatever? Yeah. A big, you know what I mean? Like, I guess so it's like mu- museums and public collections. Right, or, 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 but stuff like land art or whatever, you know, I'm yeah. an example, that guy did that big spiral in the sea or whatever it was, like mm. stuff like that. That's also ephemeral and won't be there forever. Or I guess you pick it up and move it. Or yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose it's only museums, uh, you know, that, mm. that purchase things like that, or like people who own galleries. Or I don't know. It would be cool to see a, an Al Green sketch going up for auction. I'd for really like that. So Christie's. if anyone knows how to, how to make stuff and NFT, yeah. I mean, yeah, that guy Beeple. <laughs> But he earned like 6.6 million. Did you see that from his No, NFT? off an NFT? Yeah. Because hmm. one of my friends was like, you should put your spinach tweet as an NFT. And I was like, who would want to buy that? Right. But then she seemed to think that if anyone then shares it, you might make money from it. I don't know. I don't know how it works or... or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm oh, wrong. Maybe it's Apparently something. they're <laughs> really bad for the environment because they cause big time emissions. <laughs> But cryptocurrencies in general are bad for the environment, aren't they? Because they yeah. require all that blockchain stuff and it uses a lot of processes. Yeah. I mean, just to clarify, I would still um, sell an NFT for six million pounds, uh, regardless, <laughs> yeah. regardless of the effects on the environment. You've created a format, which means you have total creative control. Um, I know you've said in interviews that commissioners seem to find that slightly annoying because <laughs> it makes their role oh my god do you think your stuff would work on tv or do you think there's no need for it to to be on tv i think uh i think it's a, uh it's, a, it's an interesting time for stuff like that 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 question because the role of tv now is um is kind of brought into question like never before when people can make stuff on their own quite easily mm. i've had conversations about it i'd certainly do it but it's the question of um of of how much control you retain over it and that it's not interfered with too much yeah um, and i've got other other sort of things in development for tv that are slightly different ideas to what i do online mm-hmm. i mean i was certain like that the idea was a tv idea you just have to change what people's idea of tv is yeah. You know, you, you don't have, the mistake is sort of, oh, uh, how can we make this for TV? No. How can TV change to accommodate it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's the, that's the problem. And TV at the moment is, is quite inflexible in that way. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, this is the way things are done or we do it this way. It's like, well, you're going to have to change them because yeah. the nature of how people are producing content is changing. So... <clears throat> You can either adapt to that or get left behind. I think it's a particular. I think it's a particular issue with 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 comedy. Yeah. Um, because I think that with TV, there's still they can do things that better than anywhere else with stuff like Succession or Better Call Saul, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or those 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 sort of shows are, are, are sort of the best. You know, it's the almost the perfect. It's the perfect format yeah. to that stuff, and it's become you know it's become art. The way that the way that a lot of TV is, you know, yeah. the Sopranos or whatever, there's nothing that can compete with that. Mm. But I think with with comedy now, especially the way people are making it online, um, I think TV will have to change in some way. I mean, I think it still does do some things good. Like I think you should leave now is a really good mm. way of reinventing a sketch show by. Yeah. You know, 15 minute episodes. Sometimes there's only three sketches per episode. They go on for a long time. There's sometimes not a punchline. There's different, sometimes the main guy is not even in the sketch. It's like they've made a lot of interesting decisions yeah. that I think probably there'd be more resistance to here as opposed to in America. Yeah. Um, definitely. 
so I think you can still do interesting things with TV. It's just it's just getting to the point, you know, where you're where you're trusted enough to do that. Yeah, it feels like over here people are less willing to take risks. I don't know if it's because there's less money in it or what. Partly, I think it's to do with the housing market because commissioners tend to sort of live in expensive parts of London with mortgages and kids <laughs> in nurseries and the expensive nurseries and what have you. So it's not really in their interest to, to rock the boat too much. Yeah. Um, and also you've got to bear in mind that, you know, if you do something remotely challenging, mm. you just get inundated now. People going, what's this? I pay my license to speak for this. I don't think so somehow. What's this rubbish? <laughs> Yeah. Unless you've got, you know, but unless you've got a proven pedigree, like, and start small, like Limmy or someone like that, who just mm. build that thing up and go, no, this is what it is. You can, you know, that's the way to do it. You either, you can either buy into my idea or, yeah. or not. I don't really care. You know, yeah. I think that's a good way to, to approach it. Do you get many people being offended on Twitter by your sketches? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was your screening at Rio Cinema? Uh, that was great. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really good. And that and, and I mean that's an example of you know I've I've proven there that it's a workable format on a bigger screen. Yeah, you know, that's at a cinema on mm -hmm. something I've shot on my iPhone in my front room with no budget, no crew, nothing. Yeah, um, and it works. You know, and people laugh. It, you know, at the right points and what have you. And I guess it's so actually it, a money earner because the pr production uh, value is so small and then you get money for right, two Right, right. So it's like, yeah, so so it's one way of circumnavigating that idea that idea of um, pitching something to TV and waiting waiting for someone in TV to kind of catch up with what you're doing mm -hmm. and just leapfrogging that and going, do you know what, I'll just, I'll just do the cinemas. You, let me know when you're ready. Yeah, and then you really can just kind of do it yourself. You tweeted that you think sitcoms should be 20 minutes, sketch shows <laughs> should be 15 minutes, all films should be an hour and 20, no book should be longer than 200 pages. I wondered, <laughs> how big should a painting be? <laughs> um, um, big, physically, you mean? Yeah. That's a really good question. Uh, because I remember seeing these... Uh, I went to that David Hockney exhibition. I say that David Hockney exhibition. There seems to be a Hockney exhibition every other week. Yeah. It's like maybe in London. It's like it's either Hockney Van Gogh or or a woman. Is the, or a, <laughs> do you know what? It's not. <laughs> um, so it's you know there's so so I remember seeing this Hockney one that was like a and at the end he showed some things he did on an iPad. Yeah. And uh, some of them took up a whole wall. I was like, oh, that's a lot to take in. Or sometimes if you go to a National Gallery and look at, you know, some of those old Renaissance paints or whatever, some of those biblical scenes, mm. and you have to stand back a bit because it takes up so much space. You reckon that's thinking, too big? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, we get the, the, we get the idea. I think I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, um, making it, doing as do, 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 doing as little as possible. What's the smallest thing you can do to express an idea? Like that guy, who's that minimalist guy? Who did the light switch turning on and off? Um, oh yeah, uh, he he won the Turner Prize. He did a bit of blue tack on the wall as well. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who that was. I like I like his name. I like him. Yeah, he, he's he's really funny. But he he's he's also like it's very easy just to go. But it's just the light switch going on and off. Yeah, um, Martin Creed. Martin Creed. Uh, yeah, let's just put it on the screen there. Yeah, Mar Martin Creed. So he's doing the smallest thing you can. Mm. Um, so really, it's up to you. You know you, what you think of a light switch going on and off. You could stand <laughs> there all day and think about that. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no limit to how much you know. You're almost the viewer is doing ninety percent of the work there. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's up to you what you can what you can get out of that. Is you know. So you're quite into conceptual art. Yeah, I I I, I like uh, I like some conceptual art. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to I art like school? Those, uh, no. No, I did I did art history, um, but oh, I didn't nice. I didn't do any uh, practical uh, work. Yeah. But I like all those old like those Camden Town painters and stuff, water sicker and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that kind of bleak brownish interior. 
You yeah, know, they're that, quite bleak, that. but they're like beautifully painted as mm. well. I love them. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I've well, sort of fallen out of fashion, things like Manet and like they, they a very sort of uh, particular mood or like an expression that yeah. you can think about for a long time. There's still yeah. very few, if any, formats that allow you to do that, yeah. you know, really think about a moment. Yeah. Like I guess um, a, like a, a classic example is like Hopper or someone like that. And that mm. idea of just capturing a very particular moment or time of day or whatever, or a feeling. You should do that for your um, your sketches. You should paint or like draw a specific moment that captures that character. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's a shame I'm so shit at drawing. Otherwise, I would. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, thanks. <laughs> and then at your cinema, when you do the next screening, you could have like a wall of artworks of the characters yeah 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 well it is what i try and do in some of them is try and get a, a moment you know just try and capture a moment with some of them yeah that's true how many do you aim to like do a sketch a day or how many how often do you make them no it's just if i if i have the time uh, um um I, I i try and i'll be always be thinking about one and then uh Sometimes they take a long time, though, so um, sometimes I have to think about it for a few days first. And are uh, they so... always inspired by real people you've come across in, like, day-to-day -day life, or do you make up or, um, like, hear a line and then go from there? It's normally I've overheard a line and then, um, and then it's just sort of, like, spreading it, you know? It's just, like, think of the line and then just work around it. Yeah. Like I did, there was one where I did a guy, it's like a guy trying to chat up a barmaid. Oh, yeah. And that came That's from really like, fun. thanks. I was sitting in a cafe and uh, there was two guys there. And we were outside in the cafe and it was hot, wasn't mm -hmm. it, a few weeks ago. And um, and the barmaid came over and uh, he goes to his mate, oh, my friend here is not sure what to have. He He's saying a veggie burger and he's not sure if he wants the hamburger or the veggie burger. And I'm saying, Stephen, it rather depends on your dietary requirements. I'm so sorry about my friend. Like really trying to make her laugh. And she was just going, oh, okay, well, what, you know, one's veggie burger and one's meat burger. And yes, that's what I'm telling him. And he can't even decide his <laughs> And he thought his way to kind of impress this girl was kind of humiliate his mate. And I thought, yeah. oh, that's really funny. Yeah. And then... Um, and then she went away and then I was just thinking about like, and then his mate left and I was like, and he didn't try and chat up the girl after that or anything, but I thought, oh, that's a thing that you see is like a guy in a pub sometimes yeah. on his own who's got, or oh, that thing where, I don't know this, that's a very sort of particular feeling, that idea of a man being quite predatory really because mm. he's, in, he's the customer so so he's in control really he's in this environment where she kind of to an extent has to do what he said so he can in the sense that in the transactional process he can buy a drink he can yeah, say come yeah. here she's kind of obliged yeah. because it's in the marketplace so he can go in the employment in, in terms of her employment he can go come here sir come here sir so yeah. he's using that as leverage to try and instigate this other relationship yeah you know? So yeah. the first relationship is the employer employee. <laughs> He's trying to like bridge that or trying to sort of make that merge this uh, this delusional thing of thinking, okay, it's because yeah. in his head, I think he thinks, oh yeah, I've, I think I've got a chance. She's talking well, he to he feels me. powerful. She's talking, right, right. I waitress at, you know, the Florence in Herne Hill. Yeah. That nice pub and my, my Nick, we all had like nicknames on the till roll and mine was Goldilocks. And I remember this old man who was by himself, like similar to what the character you, you've done. He saw that it said Goldilocks and he was like, wouldn't mind sharing my porridge with you. It was so creepy, but also I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah. it's such a weird, yeah. like pervy comment. Is it like, yeah. we're waking up together and having porridge or what? It's just yeah. pretty but gross. But also, why haven't you got your own? Like, yeah, exactly. Is he tight? Sharing porridge is like the least sexy thing you can imagine. You stay around the guy's house and they go, do you want breakfast? You go, oh yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. And he brings back a bowl of porridge with two spoons. Yeah. Just says, don't, don't have too much though. <laughs> Draws a line in the middle with honey. Yeah. 
gross. Do you enjoy acting in things where you have less control? And is it like a relief to just be in something or is it frustrating? Oh, no, I really like it. Yeah, 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 I really, uh, yeah. Especially things things like The Great, um, um, which is really good. It's just a really Mm. sort of privilege to be involved in. No, I'm really... uh, I really like just not having any, you know, it's nothing to do with me. I'll just, um, yeah, you can just switch um, on. I'll just try and do sort of, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just go, oh, I don't have to think about this. <laughs> um, no, I'll just, I just, I, I really, well, I'm quite, I'm, I sort of try and be picky about what I do. So if I do it, I, I do want to do it. So, yeah, um, I just try and do the best, the best I can. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I like doing things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's brilliant. How, there are uh, quite a few series already. There's, there's two. Uh, one's been broadcast. I think the second one, they're just editing it. They may even be finishing a filming now, but I'm, I've finished my part on it. Are you in every series then? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not in it much. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I'm only in a few, few, few episodes. But there's something, something really funny happens to my character in a series two that, um, that uh, you know, if you enjoy seeing me humiliated and degraded, um, watch The Great. Yeah, I will. <clears throat> I, I do, I will. <laughs> I'm going to start on The Crocodile Teeth. Have you done yours? Uh, no, and I, in fact, I think I would have forgotten if you hadn't said that. The most crucial part of it. Yeah, it's defining characteristic, as you said. Mm. Um, I'm going to use this palette knife. What do you think oh, about okay. that? Um, I I don't have a very strong opinion on it other than uh, good for you. Thank you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who are your favorite artists, Al? Um, I like, uh, who do I like? Philip Guston, I like, um... Roger Hilton. Mm. Um, Manet. Who else do I like? Uh, I like lots of lots of different things. How do you um, tell the difference between Manet and Monet? Just a letter. Yeah. yeah it's just it's just, just a different vowel. Um, and one does. I'm always impressed when people say they like Manet because. Uh, it's I the, can never yeah, it's remember com- what Manet does. <laughs> it's the connoisseur's distinction. Yeah. yeah. Manet, not Monet. So not the water lilies, uh, but the more green than water, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Whistler, I like. Manet's often features people. Monet's normally landscapes, okay. Yeah. Um, I always forget there's things of... I know I really like Martin Kippenberger, but I can't really remember what he does. It's a good name. Uh, uh, You like quite some dramatic, bleak scenes. Would that be fair? Uh, Not necessarily. I like a lot of conceptual stuff as well. Mm. Um, I don't know. It depends what I'm... I'm, There's some that I've got some... I've got very few art books, but there's a couple I look at a bit. Roger Hilton I look at a lot. I really Mm. like Roger Hilton. Uh, but he's kind of not a very well-known. Um, he's not not a very well-known artist. He's kind of part of that sort of St. Ivesy type of group, like Terry Frost and. Uh, oh, okay, so he's like quite lot, abstract. It's quite abstract, and you see this sort of top left here, void, void. 
Void. So, like, kind so you of, like bleak stuff? You're like, no, 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 I like uh, <laughs> <yeah>. void. <laughs> I like his colours a lot as well, Roger Hilton colours. Yeah. And Philip Guston I like. Well, I think I think one of his exhibitions just got banned. <laughs> oh, really? How come? Yeah, well, he, as you can say, he does these kind of cartoony um, KKK figures oh, where right, he's clearly yeah. kind of satirising racists. Um mm. But um, I yeah, I don't think uh, you should be you should be banning the art, art like the fine art that you like seems to be like the 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 painting version of your sketches like satirizing racists and also the sicker like bleak um, scenes like at the end of the night and stuff. Mm. Quite like the things that you your characters. Yeah, I like I like things where. Um, and not a lot is happening. I think now you, it's very easily bombarded by um, bombarded by media, you know, mm. or bombarded by images or yeah. that, that are very busy. We live in an age where images are very busy. You walk down the street and mentally you've got to process so many things, billboard adverts or whatever. Or, yeah, it's too know. much. Even on the tube now, it's it too makes much. me feel dizzy, right. like going right. through the tunnels. Right. Right, especially now that there's there's screens. If you go up an escalator, yeah, there's actually horrible. video video ads. So I like sort of things where you know there's not much happening, but there's a lot happening. Yeah. Or you, you, it sort of it gives you a moment of just being lost in a kind of image where there's a very specific moment. Mm. Um, I like films like that as well. There's a lot of that sort of. I was, I was watching 15 Stories High the, the other day, you know, they put it on the iPlayer, and there's oh, a lot yeah. of that where the, the camera's just static. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the camera stays still or it doesn't move. Sometimes there's whole scenes where the camera... There's one scene where he's having a conversation with someone in a swimming pool, mm. and you can't even see him. He's, like, right over <laughs> the other side of the pool. I thought, oh, that's really interesting. They don't, they don't even go for a close-up or anything. It just leaves the camera on the other side of the swimming pool. So I, thought, <laughs> I like things like that where you kind of... You sort of, like... You know, you're sort of excluded from it almost, or you have to do the work, or you know. You think that was intentional, not just a shit camera? <laughs> yeah, just forgot. Yeah. Just forgot and noticed in the edit. Yeah. Oh shit! Who put that over there? Oh well, just pretend it was an artistic decision. <laughs> yeah. If you could own any artwork in the world, what would you choose? I don't. I don't think. I don't think I would. I don't think. Yeah, I was going to ask because you don't. You've got blank walls, as we've said. I well, I'm gonna... resistant to the idea that ownership confers something um i i i think uh i think galleries are a good place for art mm. i think uh i can go there it's a storage facility for your art that's what a gallery is so you can just you know it's free you can go to the national gallery and you can look at it yeah um so do you not think people should own art no i think it's it's a marketplace i guess mm. i remember reading an interesting article once about the black market for stolen art oh yeah um, you don't see so much now. Galleries don't get sort of uh, thieved as much, do they? They don't get robbed as much. I think the last one was that monk that got stolen in Oslo or somewhere oh, yeah. like that. I can't remember now. But um, they end up on, on, on criminals' walls, apparently. You know, huge, uh, you know, international criminals actually yeah. owned them there in their house. <laughs> So weird, isn't just it? Just go around the can't... house and they've got it on a, got a Picasso on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, where'd you get mad. that? It's mad. No way. Which is weird because if that rich, just they can just buy it. I guess there's something sexier about stealing a really expensive painting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'd, yeah, it's an interesting one, art theft, isn't it? It's not like gold bullion theft where you can you can melt it down and sell it on or whatever and it's and it's and it's untraceable. Yeah. Um it's but an like, artwork, who's it, who are you selling it to? I think it's to have, isn't it? To show off to your horrible it's mates. It's to have and then, yeah, to, right, right. It's a status thing. Would yeah. you own one then? Uh, maybe. I really like Peter Doig's paintings. Oh, yeah. Those sort of like magical yeah. landscape type things. I think mm. I'd like to have one of those. But, mm. but I think He's someone right. who does quite big paintings, doesn't he? Yeah, they are quite big, actually. They're too big, bigger than a light switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the light switch, I guess, is the room as well. That's true. Mm. So you already own art because you've got presumably a light switch in that room. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I've got. I've also got an unmade bed, so you could. You know, you, you, <laughs> that would be a confusing one to own if people come around. Yeah, it'd be keep, like, it, keep it in here. Yeah. Could have at least tidied up. Oh no, it's up. Yeah. There was that story about uh, at Tate Britain where there was an artwork that was um, there was actually a dustbin sack tied up with some rubbish in it, and right. one of the cleaners put it out in the trash. And they had to go, no, it's, a, it's a, and she was like, oh, right, sorry, it was literally a rubbish sack. And they go, yeah, 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 it is, it is a rubbish sack. <laughs> yeah, it's my job to get rid of it. No, no, no. It's, yeah, but, I, it's like, yeah, I thought that's why you were paying me. Would you, yeah. am, I, am I all right to sweep? Or yeah. <laughs> We used to do that. I used to work at White Cube years and years ago. Oh, this you? is a long time ago, like 15 years ago, more than that. And when it was in uh, Hoxton Square. Yeah. Um, is that what it's called? Hoxton Square? Yeah. 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 Around, around there. And, um, and when that started, that was, that was just, it was a white cube. It was just one room mm-hmm. and it was Jay Joplin's place. And they had uh, <clears throat> one piece of art with some salt mm-hmm. on the floor. And uh, at the back of the room was like an air conditioning vent. <laughs> and people used to spend ages looking at it. And it was an actual air conditioning vent. So it sounds like a sort of joke about, Taking yeah. a piece out of modern art, which kind of, but, but it was real. They used to study it, and it was really awkward because they'd come up to you and go, "Sorry, who is this? Who 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 did this?" And you have to go, um, "Oh, it's." A, I mean, sometimes you go, "Oh yeah, we haven't put the plaque up yet. I'll just check for you." But sometimes, but sometimes you that's just amazing. have to go, "Oh, that's actually an air conditioning vent." <laughs> and people used to go, "Okay, okay," and just carry on, <laughs> and just carry on, not acknowledge the, the huge sort of faux pas they just made. They thought it was a metaphor. Right, right. Um, but it could be, you know. Could be. It, 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 what it, is it, it's all context, isn't it? Um, I think I'm nearly done with my crocodile. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with mine. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. Oh. <laughs> that all right? <laughs> yeah, go on then. So, such a sad response. Imagine I started crying. <laughs> just one just a really <laughs> horrible podcast, but you're like, look, you agreed to do it. We can't not do it. Yeah. I've just cried through the whole thing. Quickfire Abstract or realism? Abstract. <laughs> I don't like, I don't know. I want to choose. <laughs> Rembrandt or Banksy? Rembrandt. Cormor or Jal Frazee? Uh, Jal Frazee. Paper Chase or Muji? Muji. Tab- <laughs> table tennis or beer pong? Oh my God, T- table tennis. Don't get me started on this. Are you asking these questions because you know they're ones that wind me up? Maybe. T- table-, table tennis. Dawn or dusk? Dawn. Portrait or landscape? Portrait. Can you separate the art from the artist? No. <laughs> Tortured artist or logical librarian? Uh, logical librarian. Talk about or think about art? Talk about. Looking at a painting close up or far away? Close up. Private view or view of privates? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't really understand the question, so I'll say <laughs> private view. Art or tech? Art. Art or books? Uh, no, tech. Uh, oh, art of books. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, art. Art or food? Food. And finally, dicks or pussies? Um, dicks, just because I don't, really, I don't really like the word pussies. No. Now, that sounds sexist, pussies. I don't like saying it. I don't like that question. No, I don't like it either. But um, it's the end of the series, so I'll never have to say it. Have you asked everyone that? Yeah. The dicks and pussies one. Yeah. All oh, right. What do they say? Is it what I prefer? Well, I, it started off being about like what you prefer in art, but I sort of left it ambiguous. Oh, okay. So, I guess you see more vaginas in art than dicks. Do you? No. Uh, yeah, probably actually. Well, I, well, first do. I was thinking about like Roman sculptures, which are all dicks, but then actually, That's yeah. That's true. Men but the were, female nude is more yeah. of a thing than the male nude, right? Definitely. Because successful artists tend to be men and they love painting, mm. painting naked women and pretending it's art. I, I saw that Rodin exhibition. There was quite a few dicks there. Yeah. 
It just what? seems like there Looking was a point the in history that where everyone was walking around with a dick out. There's <laughs> one point where... But the weird thing is they've all got togas on. You're like, what are you doing? Cover it up. <laughs> You've put the clothing on and gone, oh, how did I forget? Oops, a daisy. Look who's popped out. Oh, you may, yeah. as, well, you may as well do a marble sculpture of it now. It's what more disturbing when, it, when there's like half clothing. Like I once did a life drawing class and the model brought a suit that was half cut down the middle. So you saw half his dick and then the rest was like a businessman's suit. And it was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Like way more disturbing than if he's just been fully naked. But that's impressive that his dick stayed completely in line with the with the outline of the suit, right? You yeah. know, some dicks are curved, so he might have been totally exposed or totally hidden. That's true. So what, uh, what I'm saying there is good on, good on his good dick. On him. Yeah, good Thanks. on him and good on his winky willy. Yeah. And on that note, should we show each other our works? I wonder where that was going. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a slow lead up to the final. And on that note, let's get it out. And now I ask all the guests to take their trousers off. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Here's my... Oh, I love it. It's all... Proper I like this. Oh, sort that's of... very nice. The perspective... I really like mm -hmm. how the tail goes, like sort of curves towards the back, and also it's really rocky. You've got the texture nailed. Yeah. So uh, nothing, nothing else that leaps out about mine that you want to comment on. Oh. <laughs> I, I, like I don't know if it's too toeing round the issue that it's got a big penis, or you just—I mean, it's literally all we notice. talked about for the last ten minutes. I didn't even notice. No. <laughs> oh my god, it's got a massive crocodile dick. Yeah. It's perfect. Huge, erect, bungee penis. Yeah, yeah, yours is very nice, but it's got no penis. Oh, no, that's like a bit of an oversight. No, but I really like it. It's very good. I just went for like a neon I background. I like the colours, yeah, yeah. I like that you've done yours on square paper. I don't think anyone's done that yet. No, that's good. Maybe this will be my NFT. Maybe. 6.6 .6 mil. Yeah, 6.6 .6 mil <laughs> crocodile dick 2021. Um, thanks so much, Al. You've been great. <clears throat> thanks for having me. What a great guy. Remember to follow Al on social media at Mr. Alistair Green. And if you want to see me and Al acting together, then we filmed a sketch many years ago called The Girl Who Has Never Laughed, which is available via Turtle Canyon Comedy's YouTube channel. So have a look at that. I'm on Twitter at Annie McTweet and on Instagram at McGrath.Annie or at McGrath.Art for my art. You can see mine and Al's crocodiles on the Secret Artist social media at Secret Art Pod. Thank you so much for your support over the last three series. Um, this was the final episode of series three. So if you haven't listened to all of them, then go back, have a listen. And thank you so much, as ever, for listening. Goodbye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round Music by Steve Dunn. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.